breaking news from KXAN News. And we start KXAN News at 5 o'clock with breaking news from Caldwell County. That's where a jury just found a Martindale man guilty of manslaughter for shooting and killing an unarmed stranger who drove into his driveway. Now, this all happened two years ago. Adil Dahugi pulled into Terry Turner's driveway on his way home after a trip from San Antonio. And the defense claimed Turner thought Dahugi had a gun, so he shot and killed him. Turner's trial started Tuesday. Sentencing will begin tomorrow. Austin police and the Lone Star Future task force have arrested and charged a man for a road rage murder. And the suspect's name is Justin Justice. The 28-year-old allegedly killed Teresa Ferguson on September 30th and a warrant for his arrest was issued on October 23rd. So he was arrested last Tuesday and Justice was booked into the Travis County Jail for first-degree murder under a $250,000 bond. Police say 46-year-old Ferguson was taking her usual route home in that day when she was involved Involved in a minor crash with justice that was on I-35 between the Runberg and Anderson Lane exits. According to APD, she was on the phone with a friend and then told them that she pulled over to exchange information with the other driver, which is when police believe justice shot and killed her. Hemp Hill Elementary School in Hayes County is closed through November 8th after mold was discovered in 13 classrooms there. Now the district says it all stems from concern about a mold smell in a classroom. An air quality test confirmed the discovery of the mold and crews are working to remove it. Students will not be able to return until the 9th. Our Nabil Ramadna is talking to the district right now to try to get some more answers on what this means for students. And we'll have all that coming up on KXAN News at 10. Governor Greg Abbott is in Israel today. This is the governor's third trip to Israel since elected in 2015. Abbott is meeting with Israeli officials, victims, and families. He says he wants to gain firsthand knowledge about the impacts of the war and ways Texas can continue to support Israel. Oklahoma's governor joined Abbott on this trip. And also today, Texas controller Glenn Hager announced the purchase of $45 million in Israel bonds. And since 1994, Texas has invested in Israel bonds every year. Now, after this purchase, the state will hold about $140 million in the bonds since starting the sale back in 1951. Since Hager took office in 2014, Texas has purchased $185 million in Israel bonds. And also traveling to Israel today, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. It's his third visit this month. He then heads over to Jordan, balancing U.S. support for Israel with the urgent need to protect civilians in Gaza. And all this comes after President Joe Biden called for a pause in fighting to free hostages. Here's Alice Barr. As the Israeli military keeps hammering Gaza from the air, outrage is growing about the death and destruction on the ground. In response to a protester's demands for a ceasefire, President Biden saying he believes there should be a pause to get hostages out of Gaza. The White House clarifying that does not mean a full ceasefire, which Israel says would only benefit Hamas. Secretary of State Antony Blinken returning to Israel, promising to press for concrete steps to protect civilians. When I see a Palestinian child, a boy, a girl, pulled from the rubble of a collapsed building, that hits me in the gut as much as seeing a child in Israel or anywhere else. 
After deadly strikes on two refugee camps in Gaza, there are mounting questions over whether Israel's tactics are worth the price. Israel citing a senior Hamas official's threat to repeat the October 7th terror attack insists it must press on. Hamas is doing its best to maximize Gazan civilian losses. They've, they've deliberately put their military machine in civilian neighborhoods, under hospitals. On Capitol Hill, Speaker Mike Johnson in his first press conference underscoring House Republicans' commitment to passing standalone aid for Israel while insisting it must be paid for. He's proposing cuts to the IRS. We have obligations and we have commitments and we want to protect our, our, and help and assist our friend uh, Israel, but we have to keep our own house in order as well. Though the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says the Speaker's plan would actually add to the deficit. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, this morning, some suburbs and rural valleys saw a first freeze of the season, two to three weeks ahead of schedule, 32 degrees officially at the Austin Bergstrom International Airport. That is actually a tie for their fifth earliest first freeze on record. In Austin, as promised, temperatures just above freezing. 35, though, a chilly morning this morning at Camp Mabry. Boy, it's gorgeous out there with a few scattered clouds for once on the Indeed weather cam. The domain 65 right now in North Austin. The warm-up has begun, so no more freezes for some time. Southeast winds replacing that cold north wind, blowing at 5 to 15 miles an hour, making it feel wonderful this afternoon. Coming up, the warming trend really ramps up here shortly. I'll show you how the overnight lows look the next few nights, how your weekend plans look and your next chance of rain now in the seven day forecast. All right, David, thank you. On day nine of the trial, the defense attorneys for Austin police officer Christopher Taylor had their first full day of questioning witnesses and Taylor is accused of murdering Michael Ramos in 2020. KXN's Grace Reader joins us with today's developments. Grace. Today, the defense continued to call law enforcement to the stand, including a detective who investigated this shooting and one of the officers who was on scene with Christopher Taylor. Now, we have a pretty good idea of what it is the defense is trying to do here, what they're trying to prove to their witnesses because they told the jury in their opening statement. They said they're going to focus on what training Officer Taylor had from the police department. Today, we heard from the detective who interviewed Michael Ramos's girlfriend, and Taylor's attorney used him to poke holes in her testimony. And Taylor's attorneys have also said they're going to bring officers from the scene back to the stand to ask, ask each of them why they didn't shoot Ramos. You were told you didn't shoot and you agreed with that. Right? right. You did not shoot, discharge your, any sort of weapon at Mr. Ramos. Not. What you were not asked was why not. So I'm going to ask you, why did you not shoot at Mr. Ramos? I was turned to my left. Um, and to check those three things that I discussed. That is when I heard the shots almost simultaneously, or at least that's how I remember it. And I turned, and by the time I looked up, the car was pulling back, and it was driving away. The state again today suggested through their questioning that special treatment may have been given to Taylor in this investigation. But a reminder that the question here for jurors is not whether Taylor shot and killed Ramos, it's whether he's guilty of murder. Now that question that the defense keeps asking, why did you not shoot Michael Ramos to these officers? We expect to continue to hear that. In fact, an officer was just in court here behind me and that same question was asked of him. We're going to have his answer for you tonight coming up on KXAN News at 6. Back to you. 
Grace, thank you so much. City Council voting to get rid of minimum parking requirements. Why they say it works to make housing more affordable. And infant mortality rates increasing. A look at the data showing Texas is among the states seeing the biggest jump. And we're getting more details about the scene where Mo Wilson was murdered. What we're learning in day two of Caitlin Armstrong's trial. Today, Austin City Council voted to get rid of minimum parking space requirements from the lands uh, from the city's land development code. That is, this applies to all new developments, including both residential and commercial ones. And officials are saying these parking spaces are just expensive to create and upkeep. The vote also called for promoting shared and off-site parking options with adjacent properties to support walkable mixed-use developments to lessen the need for parking. The City of Austin's Housing and Planning Department says the removal of parking minimums will help lower the costs of building housing and allow for lower market rent prices. Well, some new numbers now show for the first time in 20 years, the infant mortality rate increased last year. Provisional data released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention showed a 3% spike in 2022. That's compared to the year before. Now, the rate is calculated from the number of infant deaths a year for every 1,000 live births. The CDC data showed a significant increase in four states and that includes Texas. Last year signaled an 8% increase in infant deaths in Texas compared to the previous year. The authors did not report on any of the factors that may have contributed to the increased deaths. Well, live report ahead for day two of Caitlin Armstrong's trial. Who testified today coming up? And a few clouds coming in today, but another dry November day in the books. Unfortunately, even after all that rain last week, we are still more than seven inches behind for rainfall to date this year. But our next chance of rain is visible. We've got your forecast next. Well, day two of the murder trial of Caitlin Armstrong is just wrapping up, and we are learning some grisly details of that murder scene. Armstrong is accused of killing pro cyclist Anna Mariah Wilson in May of 2022. Wilson was in town from California for a race at that time. Shortly after police found her body inside a friend's home in East Austin, Armstrong flew out of Austin, ultimately making her way to Costa Rica, where U.S. Marshals captured her about a month and a half later. KXAN's Brianna Hollis just stepped out of the courtroom for us tonight. Brianna, who testified today? So today we heard from police, crime scene analysts, and people who lived near the home where Wilson was found dead. A reminder, we can't record testimony, but there was a lot to see in the courtroom today. So I'm gonna walk you through a little bit of it. We saw a lot of doorbell camera video from the night of the murder and one doorbell camera video in particular. We saw a black Jeep drive through the neighborhood around 830. That Jeep prosecutors have previously said belongs to Caitlin Armstrong and at 915 those grisly details you guys mentioned we could hear screams oh. followed by gunshots and when the defense cross-examined the person who owned that video they did ask him if he had ever seen Caitlin Armstrong in person or on his surveillance video and he said he had not. And Brianna, right now, let's see, you've been in the courtroom with the victims as well as the suspects' families. What have you observed while you've been in there all day? So we've seen a lot of gruesome material over the past couple of days. I just mentioned that doorbell camera video. Wilson's mother, father, and brother were not inside the courtroom as we viewed that, but her friend, Caitlin Cash, the one she was staying with at the time, she did sit through that and her head was down. 
during that part of the testimony today. I'm going to show you some video now of Wilson's loved ones in the lobby here. You can see Caitlin Cash and Wilson's father hugging again. The family has been in and out of the courtroom throughout this trial so far. Cash testified yesterday, very emotional. They played her 911 call from the scene. She did cry on the stand, a really emotional moment there. And there were also some crime scene photos displayed today. And some of Wilson's family and friends did stay in for that, but their heads were down as well. Now, as for Armstrong, her family has remained in the courtroom the entire time. Armstrong has been pretty stoic looking forward most of the time, except for one point today where she did start taking notes when a key piece of evidence was brought out. We'll go over that tonight at six. Brett, Jen. Bree, thank you so much for being our eyes and ears inside that courtroom. This is one that everybody is talking about. So we'll pick up with her at six o'clock now. Yeah. Nicer weather. I know it is. <laughs> Feeling good out there. Yeah, it was cold out there this morning. Did you guys get outside early? I did. I uh, did. But then it warmed up. It, it, warmed it was up beautifully. beautiful. Oh, I yeah. mean, it is beautiful this the, afternoon. This Love morning, it. though, I was in the green belt. We went on the hike with the oh. dog and had all my winter gear on, and my hands were still cold. Yeah. It was an early season freeze in many areas, at least outside of central Austin. 35 downtown at Camp Mabry. But look at that. 30 this morning in Georgetown, 28 in a creek valley just west of that area. We had a couple other rural creek bottoms, largely unpopulated areas in Hayes, Bastrop, and even Travis counties in the upper 20s this morning. Certainly unusual. But now we are snapping back to reality what autumn should feel like. Temperatures warming a bit with southeast winds returning. Sunshine 65 on the Austonian weather cam. We've seen some of the first cloud cover in a couple of days here southeast of Austin on the satellite and radar. Overall, it's not really going to impact our weather but maybe you notice those in the distance. The pollen count pretty easy. Mold is still low as our ragweed and fall elm. We always have hourly up-to-date data. If you want to bookmark our website, kxan.com, just go under the weather tab. Hey, some great news from the weekly drought monitor update. We like to show you this on a Thursday, especially when there's great news. After three to over 10 inches of rain in parts of the area, especially the hill country, here's what we looked like last week. Now, this week, everybody across our 15 counties has improved one and some of us two categories. With that said, we're still in bad drought conditions, severe to extreme. We certainly need a lot more rain events like that one. Nothing like that coming in the near future, but the winds are starting to change. As I mentioned, that cold high pressure, which gave us an, a rural freeze this morning, is now shifting out of the area. And with the clockwise flow around it, that means our surface winds are coming off the Gulf of Mexico again. This is going to warm up overnight lows. No more threat of a freeze starting tonight. Tomorrow morning, it's chilly, but 44 in town is almost a 10 degree jump compared to last night and this morning. Lows in the 50s this weekend, then the 60s back warmer than average for this time of the year by next week. The weekend weather has warmer days and overall very nice weather, but that southeast wind always brings back a little humidity quietly, and by Saturday morning, that could lead to fog for several hours. Keep that in mind, but then the sun breaks out. Sunday, beautiful, warmer day at 82. Keep in mind the fog if you're heading out to the uh, football game early on Saturday to do some tailgating. By 11 a.m., though, for kickoff of Kansas State at Texas, should be beautiful. Scattered clouds, 71 degrees, and there's that breezy south wind keeping temperatures lovely this weekend. So tonight, cold, but certainly not 
as cold. No need to take your freeze preparations with the light south-southeast wind continuing. 44 in town tomorrow, almost a 10-degree jump over today. 76 with scattered clouds, and there's that south wind continuing. Persistent south winds continue this weekend and beyond, leading to not only 80s as we set our clocks back an hour Saturday night, but also near record highs in the upper 80s, 2 degrees shy of a record Tuesday, 2 degrees shy of another record on Wednesday. Our next chance of rain, though, is visible with a weak cold front later next week. 30% chance of some storms on Thursday. We'll talk about how the 8 to 14 day outlook looks a little different right here at 6 o'clock. Hey, KXAN's Friendsgiving Challenge is back for year three. Grab your smartphone and scan the QR code that'll pop up in a moment, or just type in kxan.com slash friendsgiving if you want to support the cause. All through November up to Thanksgiving, your favorite morning and evening meteorologists, me and Kristen, we're competing head-to-head -to, -head to see who can raise more money for the Central Texas Food Bank. It's so great to support this cause. As little as 10 bucks will feed a family for a month with how they can stretch these donations. Kristen and I are tied one and one over the past couple of years. So who's going to take it away this year? Well, I'll tell you right now, we're virtually tied. So I'd appreciate your support. Go to kxan.com slash friendsgiving. All right, David, thank you so much. You know they are going head yes, to head. <laughs> well, tis the season to help your neighbors. Hayes County is collecting money, food, and toys all to help out families in need this holiday season. So it's called the Brown Santa Program, and toy donations are being accepted for kids up to 16 years old. Last year, this drive helped out more than 600 families, 650 rather, families in the county. Now, the deadline for unwrapped toys is December 8th, and of course, you can find more details on how to apply, donate, or just help out under this story on KXAN.com. If you drive a Toyota, millions of cars have been recalled. What you need to do if you have one of these coming up. Right now, we speak to the president of a major university about tensions jarring the campus related to the Hamas-Israel war. Also, Republicans turning on their own in the abortion-related standoff over military promotions. When we see you here tonight. Toyota is recalling nearly 2 million RAV4 SUVs from the 2013-2018 model years due to a fire risk with the battery. Toyota, the world's largest automaker, saying some of the vehicles may be equipped with replacement 12-volt batteries that are just too small. If a small top battery is used for replacement, the battery could move when a driver takes a forceful turn, and that could potentially ignite a fire. Now, we don't know yet if any fires have been reported, but if you have one of these models, Toyota says to expect notification from them by late December. Dealers will replace it for free. You can also check on Toyota's recall website with your VIN number. Well, only a fraction of people at high risk for lung cancer are getting screened for the disease, even though it kills more in the United States than breast, colorectal, and prostate cancers combined. So the American Cancer Society issued some new guidelines, hoping to change that. People ages 50 to 80 who currently or used to smoke should talk with their doctor about getting screened and anyone who smoked one pack a day for 20 years should also get screened. That used to be 30 years. And now the number of years since quitting smoking is no longer a qualifier for screening. So that means for a person who smoked a pack a day for 20 years, whether they quit yesterday or 20 years ago, they are considered to have a high risk for developing lung cancer and should be recommended for a yearly scan. Previously, the guideline recommended only people who had quit 15 years ago or less. 
We would like to share stories of inspiring women here in Central Texas, and we need your help. Tell us about a remarkable woman in your life. You can go to KXAN.com to nominate someone from the community. Look for the Remarkable Women tab on our front page or point your smartphone camera at the QR code on your screen, and it will lead you to the nomination page. And we're taking nominations through the last day of November. We'll pick four finalists and feature their stories right here on KXAN. Then our local winner gets to travel to Los Angeles, where the National Remarkable Women winner will be chosen. Well, tonight on NBC Primetime at 7, it's Law & Order Transplant at 8, and then Dateline at 9 o'clock, and then we're back here with KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and here is where to find us.